Hello and welcome to the Renwick Centre podcast. Continuing with our telepractice series, this week we chat to Tim Byatt, who provides some advice to teachers and therapists who are just beginning to do telepractice. We hope you enjoy. Hello and welcome to this week's Renwick Centre podcast. My name is Trudy Smith and I'm the Manager of Continuing Professional Education at the RIDBC Renwick Centre to continue our series on telepractice. This week we're joined by Tim Byatt. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself, please, Tim? Good morning, Trudy. Yep, I started at um, RIDBC in 2008. I started at the Alice Petrich School. I um, got my master's at Rennick and also graduated in 2009. Um, also have a grad cert in listening and spoken language from Rennick. And I'm currently doing my PhD part-time through the University of Newcastle. Um, I'm currently working at Teleschool, I have well, remote services, and I have been there since 2013. So you've been providing telepractice for all of that time since 2013, Tim? Yep, that's right. That's our predominant mode of delivery at Teleschool. Sure. So as someone who has done face-to-face therapy and telepractice, what do you think the key differences are between the two modalities? Yeah, there's a, there's a few differences. Um, with the technology to start with, it, it requires a bit more preparation. So uh, in terms of setting things up, what I would recommend is doing a test call and making sure that the parents have all the technology that is required. And also just having a very short test call beforehand is very useful. Make the mistakes early when the stakes are low and take <laughs> the pressure off there. Yep, sure. Yep, how do you find, um, is it, are families nervous about the technology before they start? Yeah, I think there's a bit of a, a spectrum. Um, these days, quite a lot of people use Zoom and so on for work, particularly in the current age. But um, yeah, some people are a bit nervous. I think it's quite common for me to find that families are a little nervous and it can feel a little bit formal, video conferencing when you first start doing it. And it's just taking the pressure off the parents and letting them know that, well, it's no different from me being in your living room at home. Take the pressure off them and um, inject a bit of humour there and don't expect perfection from day one. Of course. How do you manage the resources for the session, particularly now when we're all using the resources that are at home with the families? Mm. What happens if the family doesn't have something that you are hoping to use? Well, I, I think because we can't easily mail out resources, which is pretty much our model at uh, Teleschool Remote Services, we are pretty much having to make do. It, it obviously depends on the age of the child. If you're working with a younger child, then the parent really is a toy. So the resources are secondary. It doesn't really matter what you have, um, whether it's toys, songs, games, um, things you can make yourself. It, it really is about developing the parent as the primary resource there. With older kids, I tend to find that I'm more using language games as well. So rather than actually um, having to mail a great deal, I might write the, the rules of the game on a sheet of paper and then we're it's essentially generating conversations and it might have a particular focus. It might be pronouns, it might be prepositions, it might just be turn-taking, developing social skills, whatever it might be, but it tends to be more of a intellectual exercise and really requiring a great deal of um, resources to be mailed out. 
Sure. And this is, this is something quite different for a lot of families. The families that you typically would work with are used to doing remote services and telepractice, mm. but there are going to be a lot of families who find this really different, the different kind of support. Do you have any advice for people who are, you know, starting this out with families about how you can make that transition from the therapist directed therapy to more family centered? Yeah. I, I think the number one piece of advice I would give is that we, we had this, best practice model in mind, which is really appropriate to have that ultimate utopian vision in mind of what we want to aim towards. But really, particularly when we're starting out, it's very important that we develop trust and rapport with the families and start with where they're up to. And if we look at that objectively, it may not seem as though we're achieving a great deal in our first couple of sessions, but we have to start with where the families are up to. and gradually build their confidence and particularly the parents' confidence because we are predominantly working with the parents rather than the children. And we have to develop their comfort in the technology in this um, slightly different model. Sure. Do you have any tricks and tips for doing that other than just doing lots of calls with families so that they get comfortable with that technology? Are there other tips and tricks for helping them to sort of move to that stage of confidence and comfort? Um, I, th I think when you're first starting out, just the the nuts and bolts of video conferencing need to be nailed down in terms of um, <clears throat> helping families to frame themselves in the picture, helping families to be in a position where hopefully, I mean, it's a bit hard when you've got other kids at home as well and parents working from home, but ho hopefully in, in a situation in the house where they're able to have a bit of a quiet environment. Um, another consideration might be if they're on a Wi-Fi connection, being reasonably close to the router, so they have the best chance of having a good connection. Um, another thing might be trying to minimise natural light because natural light can often be um, quite disturbing for the cameras and make the people uh, very dark and hard to see. Um, I, I think in terms of the technology, the biggest piece of advice I would focus on is making sure you have a really good audio connection. You can make do with a so-so video connection, but you really need a good audio connection and uh, do everything you can to facilitate that. Sure, and that makes sense given that you're talking directly to families and coaching and guiding, so that good, good chance is important. Is it important for people to be setting that whole hour and really kind of saying, we, we have to do this for a whole hour? What's your advice to people who are just starting out and that seems like an insurmountable amount of time? No, I don't, I don't think you necessarily need a whole hour. I know some, <clears throat> some therapists might have two half hour sessions in a week and that works for them. Um, what I tend to do, and there's, you know, there are many ways of doing this, but what I tend to do is work the first 30 to 40 minutes with the family and then have some time with the parent at the end where you're talking about what worked well in the session. How, and I think it's really important for you to get some feedback about how things are gone during the week because you're in a bit of a bubble in your video conference um, and you're only seeing the child in one particular context. So to get some feedback about how things are going, you might do some assessment as well. And really it's a good chance to get the parent on board or caregiver on board in terms of what are our goals throughout the week and keep that really concrete it might just be we're going to try and do two to three bling sounds each morning and build on that and build the parents confidence and really it's, it's we talk a lot about giving positive feedback to kids we really need to give positive feedback to the parents and build their skills as well and that's good so how do you do the parents enjoy this kind of interaction i think most do 
um, it's it, it's really a matter of they enjoy it once they can see that we are not expecting perfection from them. And uh, we, we don't go into it thinking we're going to go from a one out of 10 to a 10 out of 10 in two sessions. <laughs> it's, yeah, um, I've, I've always said I've, I've worked at Atlas Bedford School. I've worked at Tele School. You know, we, we measure the kids against where they've come from. We don't measure them against some sort of utopian ideal. It'd be nice if we could do that. But ultimately, we've got forward momentum and we're not so much worried about how things have gone this week. But I also say to the parents, I'm measuring their progress against where we were three months ago, six months ago. If we have one terrible session, which is bound to happen every now and again, I'm not too concerned about that. And I communicate that to the parents as well. Sure. Do you have um, families who, who now choose remote practice over face-to-face? Yeah, um, I certainly have. I have a number of families who are just not really... Uh, have access to face-to-face because of transport issues and location issues. So, yeah, it's a convenient model in that regard, and that's for sure. Sure. So we have, you know, in this this world that we're in at the moment, people doing telepractice for the first time. And do you have, you know, any final piece of advice for a teacher or a therapist who is about to start this week doing sessions? What's your piece of advice for them? Well, if I can use myself as a model in reverse, when I first started video conferencing in 2013 and my, my first couple of sessions, I was very nervous and I moved through things very quickly. I spoke too quickly. I tried to set too many activities to get done in that one hour session. And it put a lot of pressure on the student who I was working with and a lot of pressure on myself. I just slow down and give yourself two to three activities to begin with in your first session and bring it back to the goals. And it might seem not a lot on paper, but you will find that once you get into possession, that you'll be uh, grateful that you haven't actually uh, overplanned things and you're keeping things fairly simple and concise and um, things tend to go better that way, I find. That is good advice for all of us, I think, in this stage as well. Go slow, be kind to ourselves and don't overthink this as well. Tim, this has been great. We're hoping to talk to you perhaps again in the future, but thank you right now for your time. Thank you, Trudy. All the best. Thank you to Tim for speaking with us today. If you have any questions relating to telepractice, please reach out to us via our Facebook page.